Hi, I'm here again with um, Brandon Fertig, who is an independent journalist, filmmaker, videographer based in Minneapolis. Uh, he's been on the show before, and we talked a lot about the frictions that are going on both there and kind of across the country. And um, Brandon now has a documentary coming out, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I first just wanted to ask you, what's going on over there? What's, what are your thoughts about what's happening where you are? Well, just a quick update, um, and and first, just the obligatory thank you for having me on. Uh, Thanks for being be here. Uh -huh. uh, so the riots have stopped. Uh, demonstrations have largely stopped. There have been a couple of residual ones, um, like the officer charged in the death of Floyd mm -hmm. was he had a hearing. I believe is the term and he was, you know, escorted out of the courthouse and there were people there to jeer him and all that. So that happened. There have been since the major riots in May and June, there was another downtown shooting that spread well, it went viral as things do. And people said it was a cop related incident. And it wasn't but people thought it was mm. and that's all it took so right. downtown got ravaged and i think that was probably in yeah that was in august actually that was very recent that was just probably a month ago um because i know i was i know where i was when that happened i saw it on the news and that was in late august um yeah, that destroyed a bunch of stuff downtown. And that one really hurt the city because it was downtown right along the walking uh, boulevard bus route uh, in, in our downtown Nicollet Mall. So you're talking about high-end stuff, nice restaurants, all that. Uh, one of the news stations, our, sort of this, the, the Twin Cities' largest, most popular media is WCCO, and they're right downtown. So, and they're all Nicolette Mall, as a matter of fact. So they just had to stick their cameras out the window and there it was happening. So it was like literally front and center. Um, and, and just to, to double down on this point, this was an incident that was not police related, but because that was the impression that got out, all this destruction ended up happening, which kind of just illustrate to me, that's, that's such an illustration of what's going on in our country as a whole, I mean, it gets really dispiriting sometimes to think that the truth doesn't really matter because people will grab hold of something and kind of their first impression of something is what drives their action. Um, is, is that kind of what's going on? And is that, does that match your impression of what's going on where you are? Yeah, we're, we're just, for whatever reason, Minnesota is just a test case in high susceptibility for that tendency. Um, and I believe last time I was on here, I said the phrase something like, we can't handle social media. We're not able to really <laughs> deal with it yet. Yeah. And you know, a hundred years ago or more, they couldn't handle the snake oil salesman coming into town and people right. still can't. We but still I mean, can't. We still like, can't. And they're still here. Like people, people, there were a bunch of people do maybe more than there are now because we've learned to be skeptical and second guess and go, oh, you know, be suspicious and, you know, resist our first you know, I, I still get taken in by a good salesperson. You know, anyone does, right? But the point mm -hmm. is, is that 
as a society, we've learned, you know, let's go check the reviews first, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, You'd think so anyway. Well, I think we've, many people have learned to adapt, uh, to overcome the temptations of say, you know, advertising or, 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 or just the media that we have, um, unlimited food, you know, uh, sexual gratification. These are all things we have to learn how to, uh, have some, um, discipline around. And it's going to have to be the same thing with, with news and social media. That's, that's what I believe. And, and right now it is yeah. the spirit because it seems like anytime it would be so easy to cause a riot right now, just start a rumor and you could have it if it catches fire. So you can just light a whole bunch of matches and, you know, it, it seems pretty easy. It's kind of scary. Yeah. But that's, that's, and, and that's why you're seeing a lot of films come out. Like not, the, the, the one documentary come out um, that people are talking about. Oh, what's it called? It's on Netflix. Uh, Social Dilemma. Oh, right. I started watching that. Um, <laughs> there's a dilemma about whether to get Netflix these days. But um, <laughs> I, I signed up for a free trial to watch this, just to, just to watch that movie. And I saw the first half of it and, and I could, I have to watch the whole thing to see obviously how it ends, but the, the, the vibe thus far in that movie. And I think the vibe in, in society in general, I think the one that you uh, were, were, were expressing is that like even something that's not true is going to cause great harm. Um, and, and, and that's been the case forever in humanity, but now it's just it, the volume is turned way up because of social media I think there'll come a point where people are going to learn to be skeptical. I, I bet if you talk to people in Generation Z, um, like my nephew, I'm guessing when he's an adult, he's not going to be as reactive as we are to it because he's mm. going to have grown up with it. Mm-hmm. And so he's not going to be as susceptible to this. So it's something we'll, uh, we'll have to adjust to. And I think we will, the way we've adjusted to all kinds of temptations. This is just the latest, the biggest, the most dangerous. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Minneapolis certainly has been susceptible to it. And, 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 and how, how, are, how are local people responding to that? And what, what I'm really wondering is, what is the Black community? Is, is there a unified Black community in Minneapolis? Or are there people who are supportive of, of demonstrations, people who aren't? What's happening? Because, you know, I know nationwide, you know, what is it? 40% of Black-owned businesses have, have been destroyed um, not, not just by the riots, um, by, by the COVID measures, I would think mo- mostly, but, um, you know, there, there has to be, well, well, you tell, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what's, what is the, what is going on in the black community in Minneapolis? Well, after the riots, there was a strong, strong push to defund the police, which, you know, made news all over Yeah, and, and it started to happen. A um, little bit. I mean, the actual numbers didn't decrease so much, but a lot of officers left. There was so much scrutiny and pressure that I think a lot of the policies changed as far as aggression. Um, and crime just shot right through the roof. So um, a lot now in the black community, the leaders in the black community, well, it depends. Like there are some that are still as uh, anti-police as ever, but I would say the ones that I associate with um, the ones who, you know, the pastors, the, 
the school principals, as was just exemplified the other week when they went on Facebook Live because one of their students was killed. And they're all expressing the same thing. Um, nonprofit leaders that I know and, and work with, they're all saying, it, it's hard, right? But, but they're all saying we need good police. We need good police. And they're making it clear that we don't want bad police, but we need police. So they're pushing back against this idea. In fact, one, was it some neighborhood association? They, they, um, one, one place went so far, maybe it was a business, business association went so far as to sue the city. Uh, There was some formal pushback in, you know, in, in some legal formal pushback. And, and certainly lots of statements from pr- uh, prominent people in the black community and organizations that said, we don't want to be, we don't want the police defunded. What are you doing? So because suing was, the city for defunding the police or for not protecting, not providing protection. I, I would have to look it up. Um, but there was some, some significant formal pushback to try to prevent or to punish the city for, mm. for this, for this, um, for, for the conditions that we're in right now, mm-hmm. blaming the city, saying this is your fault. You know, you let this happen. It was under your watch. Right. Uh, more than that, it was caused by you because of your anti-police, uh, obviously extraordinary anti-police rhetoric, um, and then and then and then action. Uh, they followed it up with some action. So the the it, it's really amazing to me how fast crime went up. Um, mm. Although that's happened, that's happened elsewhere too. I mean, here in, I'm in Los Angeles and mm-hmm. crime has been going up, you know, even, I think I'd have to check, but I think even before the riots, um, crime was on the increase. Once they started the lockdowns, we have friends who have businesses down in mm-hmm. not downtown LA, but you know, ni- nice areas of LA. And they tell us, you know, crime, street crime during the day, it's never been like this before. It's, it's, you know, crime is definitely, so I'm not sure it's that simple to tie it just to um, the defund the police movement or, or, or even just to, you know, it's not just happening in Minneapolis. It's certainly happening elsewhere too. Yeah, it's complicated. And because of that, it's hard to get any agreement. Uh, People can cling to one thing or make, you know, say, Oh, it's not about the defunding the police. It's about COVID and, you know, so it's easy to. There are a lot know, of big things yeah. impacting everything right now. So um. yeah, and they are. It'll take a while for cool heads to examine what's happening, um, particularly because cool heads aren't listened to right now a lot in, in large part. So here's a here's a question I have about this is getting back to the demonstrations and the riots. Is it your perception? Because I know you've spoken with a lot of people who are who are involved. Um, is it your perception that there's really there is a strong peaceful component of people who really want change and, you know, who are just frustrated with the system, the way things are. And that on the other hand, there are people who just want to destroy, just want to bring things down. Is that, that's, that's sort of the perception I get from again, nationwide, not just Minneapolis, but is that at all true? Yeah, it's true. There's that split. I recognize that, when I first got to the to the protest slash riot scene, like day three of it all in in May, uh, 
you could sense the division within the crowd. And there was some racial components to that, but it was a lot of crossover too. Uh, in my example, uh, there were the, the, the black individuals that were, they weren't as angry. They were more, they were talking to the police who were like, so the scene was there was um, National Guard troops blocking off a perimeter of where the riots had occurred. We don't want more in there. We're gonna try to clean up what's in there. So we're gonna block off these streets. And that's where people faced the National Guard troops and gathered. And uh, there was a, I could sense a divide between those who were saying like, you know, we belong. And um, uh, one woman was singing a song. I can't remember what it was, but it was like, we're not going to go down. Like we're still here kind of thing. Um, it was defiant, but it didn't seem um, like chaotic or we're going to just break stuff. Whereas other people there were more just F the system uh, revolution, take it down. Right. And that's where you get more of the, I guess, I don't know. I, I it felt like the, like an Antifa kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, that you and you said seeing. there was a racial divide there. Was yeah, that- it, was the, it was the, it was the, it was more the, the, predominantly black individuals being more like, you know, we're, we're still here. And then the whites that were more um, just furious. And I, my, my impression was that their fury didn't have much to do with George Floyd. Hmm. Like they're, they're what do you think fe- it had to do with? Well, who knows how they grew up, but I think there's a lot of latent uh, grief and anger in these individuals that that's, that's coming out in, 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 they see an opportunity to let that out and they're right. latching on to let it happen. Right. And, you know, people recognize it more now and including uh, individuals in the black community that are, that, that actually right from the start, they were angry at the, the, the destruction by, by, by the, by the whites, frankly. Yeah. I remember seeing a lot of videos about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think in Minneapolis, you have, you have some of that, um, uh, in fact, I think you have a lot of it. That's why a lot of the anti, the defund the police people are, are not black, and they, uh, and so, but certainly some are, and the, the individuals that are saying no, we need the police in these black communities are obviously black leaders. But so the, I try so the to, people. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I try to point those. I have some people I know that are white, and they're like, we need to defund the police, and I says, yeah, but these black leaders are saying they don't want that. But I don't know. It's there was an article written a long time ago called made up minds and how it's so hard to change a mind that's made up. And that's so true. So I, what are you going to do? Right. Right. So um, let's, let's, I do, I want to hear a little bit about your documentary. Um, Tell me what's, tell me what's going on with that and um, what that's all about. Sure. Well, as, as, as you saw in that, in that clip, I, I, explain kind of what uh in that clip i i i I illustrate and and explain how we got to this point of where um you know distributed media along with a more polar it kind of pushed society more polarized Mm -hmm. and whereas social media people can just join groups and it's not a coincidence that ever since the internet we've had black lives matter tea party me too um occupy wall street 
you know, we've had all these things. We've had a lot of things happen to cause these, um, but there have been police shootings forever in the black community. And now we get Black Lives Matter. And there have been people mad about taxes forever. And now we get the Tea Party in the last, you know, 20 years or so. We have fringe candidates rising to the top. Trump might be the most fringe, but Ron Paul, um, other ones too along the way. And so I, 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 I lay out how, yeah, it, it's basically just our society's coming to grips with the internet and it's been causing a lot of um, unrest. Ultimately, I want to compare that to what the printing press did to Europe because I think there's parallels there. I don't go into that in this documentary, but I think it starts, I, I think that that's a valid comparison. But that's just one part of the documentary. Most of the documentary is where I do my thing and I interview people on the ground. So I, it starts last fall at Trump's rally in Minneapolis. And I interview rally attendees. I interview protesters throughout the day. And it's all, you know, the people are eager to get inside. There is, there's a celebratory feel in this long line all day to get in the rally. During the day, the protests are largely just standing there with a sign and talking. And it's, it's you know, it's a quiet, peaceful protest. But then as the day progressed, it got more and more loud and energetic. And this isn't surprising that there's more and more people. And then I got, I got right in the middle of all that. In fact, so did some rally attendees who thought they were supposed to go into the front door of the Target Center, but they weren't because that's where the protests were. And the rally mm. attendees were to line up three blocks away and walk through the skyways. We have skyways in Minneapolis. Mm. Yeah. And take those to the Target Center, which was a great idea. It kept them four blocks apart. If people know about these, it. These, these unlucky poor guys didn't know this. And so I followed these... 20 somethings with their one maintained his MAGA hat. I just think he did it just to be like, I can keep this on. Uh, but the others were just walking through and, and somehow people knew they were, they were going to the rally. Like they could just sort of feel it or detect it that now this guy's a Trump supporter, even though he, if he would have been holding a sign saying, um, mm-hmm. you're the 99% or something, you wouldn't have known any different. Yeah. But they could just sense, I don't know, I guess because they was next to the guy with the MAGA hat or because the, the way they were walking with their heads down or something. But there was a procession of these rally attendees. I think it was also because there was a parking lot that way and they had to get to the the lineup for the rally, you know, through the protesters. I don't know. People were coming from out of town, from the mm-hmm. suburbs, from the mm-hmm. suburbs, from the country. So I follow these guys through that gauntlet and it was a gauntlet. <laughs> Uh, they got they got the business something fierce. Um, they didn't physical, get a, physical violence, or they didn't. One guy knocked his hat off. That was the mm-hmm. most of it. There was there was very little uh, physical abuse, but my gosh, the things they said and <coughs> excuse me. And I got that fury right there. You know, <coughs> I mean, it was great footage to be honest. As a documentary, oh, I bet, I bet. So um, I'm so here's so here's a question I have for you. Um, I've noticed just as a user of social media that in, I would say in the last year, especially, um, and, and especially with Facebook, that people have been, I said, I, I think it's because of the algorithm that people have been even more pushed into these little yeah. echo chambers. I feel sure. more isolated than I ever have. I, you know, several years ago, I would 
be on Facebook, be on Twitter and get into debates with friends. And we would have long conversations and, you know, a lot of, a lot of disagreement, a lot. Um, now, and I would say for the last at least year or so, I'm pretty much only hearing back from people who agree with me. And well, every once in a while, you know, some of it might just be, okay, people are sick of, you know, talking to me about stuff, fine. But it happened kind of all of a sudden. And and I'm also only seeing a very small number. Of, so my sense and the sense of a lot of people is that this isn't just a polarization that's happened because of the nature of social media, but there's a deliberate manipulation going on. What do you think about that? You know, chicken or egg. People have been saying that about media forever. Mm -hmm. uh, they blame the media for dividing the country. But if it bleeds, it leads because that's what people want. That's what people want to read. And there is, I, I don't know, I guess because I've, I've been hearing so much about how social media is doing this to people, how it's manipulating people. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to push back a little bit on that and say, look, they're just maximizing their product. Like the way advertisers figure out that, you know what, if we offer a 30% coupon right when you're checking out, then mm -hmm. you're probably going to get a second product. I mean, that's manipulation too, but they just, they're, they're it's manipulating a tendency that already exists is what you're saying. Just, you know what? It works out better if we label it with this color or that color, or we use this font or that font. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just responding to human behavior. And, and I guess you could call it manipulation and, you know, but then you could call it pr pretty much anything to manipulate. I comb my hair. So people watching this think, you know, I'm, I'm put together. I mean, uh, so they have a tool, humans are using it, and they're maximizing it to full capacity. Now, this is where, you know, a socialist would say that's the evil of capitalism. All they care about is profit. And yeah, it is a, it is a, a downside of it. It is. They're, all they are is looking for, you're right, they are looking more for profit. I mean, they care a little bit about things when they block groups. And so there's some other, you know, you know motives there besides money, but yeah, mostly it's money. They want to maximize their product um, the way an advertiser does or a, you know, a TV show wants to put, put a hook at the end so you watch the next episode. Um, so the reason why the algorithm worked the way it did, I would say, I would guess, is because that's what people wanted, right? They, mm -hmm. they, they ended up pushing people into these. People use it more if they're, not, if they're not engaging with people who don't see the world it the way they do likes than yeah. dislike yeah. right i just think this is i think they i think they're the i think they're the reaction i think the algorithm mm -hmm. is the reaction to human behavior it doesn't mm -hmm. mean they're not culpable and they shouldn't maybe it's like a bartender continuing to give an alcoholic you know right his 12th or 13th drink like okay i could keep making money here he's, he's a great tipper but at some point you just have to you know what i have some power here to do the right thing and yeah i i, I think social media will uh, start doing that perhaps although there has to be an incentive and right now there isn't very there isn't very there, there isn't a huge incentive because they have monopolies on these specific areas of social media um so i so i i i tend to see it as a human behavior thing first and social media reacting to it so but, what do but you it certainly is a powerful force that's causing more and more polarization yes yeah it's it's pushing it's pushing things in that direction what do you recommend? What do you what do you think the solution or a solution is for people who want to have communication between people who don't 
see things the same way. You know, people who who look at this polarization and say, wow, that's that's not going to take us anywhere good. You know, how can we get people talking to each other in a civil way? How, how do we do that? I think if you, and this is the end of my movie. Um, well, I don't want to give things away. <laughs> I mean, no, no well, spoilers. Let's just say I touch on this idea of, because I didn't want to leave it like, oh my gosh, we're in a crazy time. Because after the, after the Trump rally, I then go over the past year. Because of course, that was just the start of right. the past year of, of, of craziness. COVID, the Floyd riots and so forth. Homelessness here went through the rough year, or at least it, it rose a lot. Yeah. So th- this past, you know, everyone knows 2020 has been crazy and it continues to be. And um, we can engage with people we disagree with. It's not hard you're just not going to find it online very often. Um, and if you do, it's probably not where you're looking. Um, mm-hmm. Like I was at the gym and the owner of my gym was offering some opinions I didn't agree with, but by no means was it a problem. Um, this happens in life fairly frequently. If you talk to, you probably follow some people I follow on Twitter and they were who they are who I would consider to be reasonable people who've kind of done what I think needs to be done more of these days, and that's sort of step out of the action reaction action reaction craziness. I was watching um I was in the gym like two nights ago, and MSNBC was really mad at the Republicans for wanting to put in uh, a justice, which isn't a surprise, you know right. all that is um, expected frankly yeah um, but the language they used on MSNBC like they would kill a hundred thousand people to stay in power. Um, they killed, you know, I don't know what they said exactly. I wrote down a few things cause it was so extraordinary, but that's what we need to get out of that, that, and, and, and you know, you could say it was the media causing it. Well, it's just part of the game, right? Mm-hmm. They are but they're also reacting to what people watch. So, and, and what they want, it's that whole energy. It's that whole action, reaction, action, reaction, energy, going along for the ride and, and instead of stopping and saying, Oh, where are we right now? We need to get off this roller coaster. We've got two people running for president that there's really no win here. I think if you step off the roller coaster, you're going to say uh, either one guy is just, well, whatever. I don't want to offend anyone, but I think, <laughs> I think, I think you can either, I think you, you can clearly see the downsides of both people. And if you do think Trump is some warrior that's taking down the state, then at the or draining the swamp or something, then at the very least, um, you have to accept that he's a divider and he's not a uniter. And this is where, and, and the name of my documentary is Trump, Minneapolis, and the Divided State of America. Mm. We are so divided. We need someone to unify. And there is unity coming. It's just not happening on this pop culture, mass media surface. It's Where happening. do you think it's coming from? Well, there's people on Twitter that we follow. Eric um, Weinstein, mm-hmm. I see one of those people. The Unite 2020. I think that's getting to the right. I like I like that right now. I okay. think that's. I think they're on the right track. And of course, they have a lot of people who hate them. And they might say things I disagree with. Or, but th- the point is, is that they've got the overall energy right. And they're right that we need to stop and look around and say, what are we even doing? 
because yeah, the stuff happening it, it, it's and it's from city on up to to the to the to the federal level. Like we've got people in our city council here who are, whoa, whoa, whoa how do we get here? Like, what are they doing there? They don't know what they're doing, and people are sort of waking up to that. So instead of just getting mad at that city council person, uh, instead of getting mad at the president, just kind of not check out, you know, watch it. Um, don't get too wrapped up in the media coverage of it. Um, but, and then recognize what we need to do to solve, solve things. And it's probably mm -hmm. outside of the government. If the government is so mm, toxic right now, um, if, if, if the rhetoric is so toxic, then, you know, what I do is I work with some, um, some nonprofits in the inner city. I highlight the issues that they're having and I do these Facebook live streams with them actually, uh, to talk about, the violence and the people who've been affected by it. I guess we just had uh, eight more people shot recently. Wow. And in a city, in a city our size, that's, that's, a, that's a lot. That's, that's a, that's a really, 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 really bad day. Um, so there's no slowing down of, of, of that violence and the unrest uh, in, 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 in those communities. It's spilling over. Um, Actually, I just got assaulted. I uh, saw that. I saw that. Uh, uh, do you want to talk about that? Well, it was just some some crazy guy who wanted to pick a fight, and he was out of his mind. Yeah. I mean, that's I, what it sounded that, like. That's not anything new to you, I suppose. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> no. Out of his mind on the street. Um, it was really strange how um, it was uh, right outside of these incredibly nice parks in this beautiful area of the city with million dollar homes. Uh, and then he approached my friend and me and then he's like, he like threw his jacket at my friend's head and it knocked my friend's hat off. And my friend turned around to say, what's up dude. And the guy was right there to confront my friend. It's if my right. friend did something to him, right. right. It was reversed. And he just, it was, it was nonstop. The worst of it was the fear because he had a knife and yeah, I was waiting for scary. him to out because he talked about some gun that we had and we didn't. And the, you know, just looking at someone like that in their eyes and trying to, like, that's, that's really a weird thing when you're, when you're connecting to someone who's very disconnected from, from reality. Right, there's no reasoning with them. And no, no, yeah. there isn't. And it, 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 you know, it keeps you on your toes. It, 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 it reminds you that, uh, we're, we're, we're a violent species and, uh, and that there are these problems in the city. There's a homeless camp actually one block north of there in one of the parks um, because the city this year, instead of having them all congregate in one park, which was turning into a terrible, terrible place to be, they've now distributed the homeless in various parks around the city. And one mm -hmm. of those parks was one block north of where the guy hit me. So right. I'm sure that has something to, something to do with it. Yeah. Um, well, getting back to what you were you were uh, talking about just a minute ago, um, it does seem to me that sort of one of the silver linings of all the, just the craziness that we're living through right now, and I, I, I get that a lot of people are caught up in it and are getting into the back and forth and the demonizing of, you know, people who mm -hmm. see things differently or people who, who wear a mask or don't wear a mask, you know, all these different things that you can pick a side and decide that somebody else is the enemy and you can just put all your energy into that. Of course, there's a lot of that, but I'm also seeing more of what you're talking about 
which is the stepping back and saying, you know, wait a second, maybe this fighting each other is, is not helping us. Maybe it's serving someone else's interests. Maybe it's just perpetuating, you know, the, the, the larger problem. And my hope, you know, as, as someone who, who is not a big fan of, of government solutions, um, my hope is that people will start to do more of what you're talking about, which is create your solutions. Don't pin all your hopes on some politician. You know, as you said, we've got these two just mind bogglingly awful in different ways, people to choose from, but that's not true because that's not our only choice. We also have the choice to create solutions ourselves, which is what you're doing. So, my sort of one of the silver linings I see is that I do see more people looking beyond the system and looking to what they can do as individuals and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just stepping back from a little bit, obviously, you know, there's still a lot of craziness going on. There's still a lot of that energy of, you know, demonizing the other side and, and thinking that they're the problem. But I do see a lot of people pulling back. Yeah, and, and, and the government will continue to have a, a, an incredible amount of power. So the city of Minneapolis continues to run this, the, the city police, and they have the monopoly on security and force here. So, you know, there's um, not that you can't do your neighbor your own neighborhood security. In fact, the police have even recommended that. that right, right. Yeah. I saw, yeah. Rising, but, um, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, it's like some, in some ways the government is even saying, we can't do this. We need you to step up. Yeah. Police all across the country have been saying that they've been, they've been advising people to, you know, get armed, get trained. We can't protect all of you. So Mm -hmm. I'm over here saying, well, why am I paying your salary then? You know, what's, what's the point? Do you have any, go ahead. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to just swallow that pill. Like having to continue to pay for things that aren't happening is going to be a, I don't see a way that taxes are ever going to come down. I think one day it will, but because the services are becoming so inefficient and there'll be some sort of way to make them much more efficient in or out of government so that taxes will, I think, go down, but not in my, I I don't don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm terrible at timing things. I I really am. I, you know, yeah. It's so I just, I always give that caveat, but I, I, well, Taxes will go away when we make it impossible or too costly. It's like any kind of crime. It'll go away when you make it too costly to commit it. And we haven't figured out a way to do that yet. So I think who knows system somewhat and maybe do more cryptocurrency. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of hope for that. Um, Hasn't, hasn't solved the problem yet, but I feel like it's, it's new. It's, yeah, you know, it is. It is. Patience is, is so key here. Uh, what's the phrase like? We overestimate what's going to happen in a year and underestimate what happens in ten years. Yeah. And I think I think we would find that to be true with Amazon, Tesla, the internet in general. Um, and I think that'll be the way with cryptocurrency too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We are still at the at the early days of it. It's you know it doesn't seem like that to someone who's been born into this era and is growing up with it. But it's still yeah, it's, it's still already, very early. Ten years, but. In 10 years, actually, there has been a ton of progress, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But I think yeah. that's going to continue to develop strongly. Um, look, we, we uh, as a society, we, we, we have the situation that we're in. And practically speaking, yes, we do have just two choices for who's going to be president. And 
one of those men will be president. Um, and, you know, we have our city councils and our mayors and our governors. But we make we make the best with what we have and, and stop making it worse. Because mm-hmm. when you stop and look around at how bad things are, it's a product of, of all the things we've done to get here. And even though, um, you know, we can't magically make it stop, we can stop digging ourselves deeper. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we can stop putting our energy into the things that only make it worse. There's, you know, this, look back on the last four years. This could have, we could have reversed course pretty easily. All, all that would have had to have been done is for the, for the Democrats to have, um, I think, put up a real strong unifying candidate and then denounce the, 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 the chaos, right? All, the only reason why Trump is doing so well is because he continues to have people who want him to protect the country from the craziness, right? He wouldn't That's be the biggest reason for sure, yeah. If, if, if you had a candidate like Trump in, 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 in the fact that, you know, maybe patriotic or at least wanting the country to be strong and protecting the country and, and a zero tolerance on, on rioting, this sort of thing, and, and a positive candidate, not one that's just attacking all the time, mm-hmm. Trump wouldn't be able to stand up to that person because all Trump has is, is really largely all he has is his attacks. And people cling to him when they're afraid of the chaos happening. If, 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 if somehow the Democrats would have focused on solutions and, um, you know, denounced wrong when it's clearly wrong, then I don't know how Trump would have stood up to that person. Um, and I think he would have been resoundingly defeated. But because it's like every time Trump says something so uh, offensive or does something that's just, this can't be our president then suddenly there's a new there's a new riot or there's a new mm-hmm, mm-hmm. low like taking over portions of a city in Seattle right like burning down and 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 and, and angering the uh the 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 people of color in your city to maybe want to vote for Trump because all of their businesses have been destroyed and the right. police weren't there and the police were called down were still right. step and the right. mayor defended the looting like they're doing it's, it's almost like they're working for the Trump campaign. There, yeah, like Trump's a product of all this back and forth craziness. So we got we got to just step yeah. back from all that. Yeah. Um, well, and I don't think it's I don't think that stepping back is going to happen within the context of presidential campaigns. I, I feel like I mean I for myself I don't true. put any energy there, um, and I just wonder to what extent, you know, people who don't think the way I do are starting to see that maybe that's not where solutions lie. Maybe because you're right. You know, you look at both parties and it's, and I feel like presidential elections are, are generally like this, maybe with the exception of when Ron Paul was running. Um, but where it's really more attack driven, it's more, yeah. you know, slinging mud at the other person yeah. and, you know, a whole a campaign based on what's wrong with the other side, which is easy to do because there's so much wrong with both of them. But mm-hmm. I think people right now are hungry for solutions. And my hope is that they don't keep turning to, you know, political candidates and presidential candidates, especially to provide those solutions because, you know, this is, this is where that, this is kind of where that's gotten us. And what, what are your thoughts? 
Well, they are an increasing number, which is kind of what's interesting. Um, I, I think it's it's going to continue to like people because it was a point of attack. People got mad at Trump for the COVID response, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they didn't stop and ask. Well, I mean, was this even a federal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people think that that's a stupid question. They'll say, "Of course, it's a federal issue," and of course, and I agree it was with the that governors it. who enforced like, it. But like, um, they were mad at him for not having the handle on this thing countrywide, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they didn't appreciate one, the federal government was never really set up to do this kind of thing in the U S it's a decentralized 50 States. Um, but because it was a point of attack on Trump, then they encouraged that idea that this should be t- taken care of from the top down. And now that's pretty much Biden's main talking point was, yeah. you know, we're going to the COVID like the flyer I got in the mail of, 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 Biden and uh, is it Kamala Kamala? I don't know. I don't watch that. I, I read every. I I don't Biden, watch news. I read it. I, Biden Harris. You know they're holding. They're they're like holding up their two hands together like this. You know he's mm-hmm. got her hands together, and they both got his black masks on. They look like Mortal Kombat characters. They look like scorpion <laughs> and reptile. In fact, I thought of like doing a Photoshop thing or putting it on Reddit Photoshop battles and being like, hey do this like they're, they're waiting to be called out as and of course oh they might God. like that. they might want to be it's more attention that characters because it's it's funny and oh we're 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 warriors or something um yeah we're gonna fight covid i don't know um but yeah it's 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 growing in the idea that we that, that people think that oh the government needs to do more and more and more for us that's also, it's, it's complicated. There's a lot of reasons why you think they should do more and a lot of reasons why you think they should do less. Another reason why people think they should do more is because they look at the world and mm-hmm. they say, well, look how Japan and Korea and Singapore and China reacted to this. I mean, they had it on lockdown and now Singapore is normal. Why couldn't America do that? Yeah, why couldn't we do that from the top down? Yeah, but, but, and then they always, ignore, they always ignore Sweden in that when they when They, they always ignore Sweden, yes, of course they do. Um, but they look I mean, at here's the, the here's, here's the thing. All the evidence right now, and there are people, there, you know, there there are published published um, articles now in in medical journals, and like a, a dozen analyses that have come out now showing there's no correlation between lockdown and better outcomes, and or masks and better outcomes, and all these centralized efforts have, you know, obviously made things worse in economic terms and in, and in other terms, but even leaving that aside, they didn't even do what they purported to do. And so. Th- this- I think people saw cases like Singapore and they said, why not here? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or, main, or mainland China. I heard that a lot. You know, they, they did this yeah. in mainland China. And, you know what? You know, it, that's, that's their system. They're very top down. They're very uh, obedient and compliant. And Americans are just the opposite. I mean, we've had record gun sales this year again. How many times are we going to have record gun sales in a row? Like, it's as long as they keep this up. I mean, yeah, well, thank God, you know thank God, we can defend but, but ourselves. That's the pushback against the idea that people want more and more government. Is that the reality? Is they are doing more and more at the top. Like, we have FEMA doing a lot more for natural disasters than we used to have. You know that. Mm-hmm. that, that than even 20, 30 years ago. But at the same time, 
you know, security is happening more at, at a neighborhood level. Um, and just, mm, I don't know. I think more and more is just going to be occurring locally. Um, outside of that established infrastructure. Um, I mean, the internet helps us with that actually. Yeah, so after, no, it does. After, after the riots here, you know, it went viral to go hand out, uh, we need donations. And so you'll see mm-hmm. this story on the news here follow, just soon after the riots of, I mean, they must've gathered a thousand bags of groceries from people who just kept coming and kept coming and kept wow. coming. Wow. And they had to turn away people who wanted to donate food. Right. So, you don't need a federal, you don't need a city uh, management agency for that, right? That's right. just, that's right. kind of organic in the power of the internet. So the internet, cryptocurrency, uh, there's going to be things that empower decentralization, individuals um, doing voluntary efforts. Um, I'm going to, and I'm trying to practice what I preach. I mean, I, I that's the way I proceed. And you know, government is going to continue to have a hand uh, and, and I hope it's a healthy hand. I'll see it as a continuing dwindling hand because of just the state of technology and it, it outpacing uh, what, what government needs to do or even can do. But while it still has a purpose and right now it has an, an incredibly strong, important purpose, you want there to be capable and competent people. So I think we'll also get a round of better city council people, mayors, governors, you know, um, in, in, in cities that were most affected. So better government. That'll be interesting to see. You know, more more on the ground because I think we've learned that lesson too. That if 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 we're not going to be able to rely on others to help, we're going to have to help help ourselves. Yeah, and you see that happening in in Minneapolis. That like more neighborhood defense, uh, more local. Yeah, there's been there's been more of that. Um, I had a friend, a dear friend of mine, the most soft spoken, nice guy in the world, and he emailed me privately to say, "Hey, I'm getting the gun." I've heard I, I that from a lot of people too. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think more people are recognizing that neighborhood watch. Oh, and I mean, right now there's a lot of uh, homeschooling. Yeah, there's a, absolutely. A, um, my friend, actually my friend in Culver city there, I was on the phone with him uh, yesterday, the day before. And I mean, they have to be home, but they're doing a deal where he, he takes his daughter and they, they have him working with like, five other families. So there's like mm-hmm. five and it's just basically kind of like a homeschooling co-op only the curriculum and stuff is, you know, coming from, from the, the school. Yeah. 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 I'm actually, I'm working, I'm working with a local organization to set up something like that, where it's like a, an outdoor setting, you know, we're in California, we can do that. It's kind of an outdoor setting with indoor options, but where kids can come and they can do their zoom calls with their classes, but they can, have other kids to be around and they can have outdoor activities and they're not just stuck at home, you know, on my parent groups, I'm just seeing these like cries of despair of, you know, what am I getting to? I've got my, my, my kids here, you know, doing school on a computer and it's just driving everybody nuts and the poor kids aren't getting any outside. It's just, you know, it's, it's so, yeah. So so there are ways to help mitigate that and, and help, Mm -hmm. you know, create a more normal experience for kids given this completely bizarre situation we're in. And yeah, I see, I see a lot of, a lot of local, a lot of individual efforts in that direction. And, you know, you just gave me an idea. If you really want to be of service to people, perhaps outside your community, I don't know who your listening audience is, but 
go into the inner city and help families there because those are the, those are the kids who are either left home alone. Yeah. Uh, and they're not getting, I, I posted something on Facebook. I thought was just like, well, that's obvious, but kind of overlooked. I said, if you think the, the, the racial achievement gap in, in Minnesota, which is already always talked about because it's high, if you think it's high now, think about all those Minneapolis students that aren't getting any education right now right. compared to the suburban kids and rural kids that, right. that you know, more so are. Uh, because, yeah, these, these inner cities are nuts. Uh, I mean, I just said earlier in this talk, eight, eight more shots. That's, and yeah. if, 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 if eight of eight weren't in the inner city, seven of eight of them were. And as one principal at that school recently described at a school in the North Minneapolis area recently said, there's people driving 60 miles an hour down the city streets. Um, it's just, it's, um, it's out of control. And uh, yeah. how are kids supposed, you know, it's not just hard for kids to learn in that, but they get caught up in that. Yeah. And if, and, if, and if there's no parent home, I mean, they're going to just. Right. Well, and that's another up. thing that there's, there's also this divide that I'm not sure how many people are, are, are thinking about this, but you know, there are certain kinds of jobs where it's not a big deal to just work from home. There's, you know, if you're an attorney, yeah. if you're a journalist, if you're, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of jobs, you can just do it on the computer. You can't mm-hmm. do that if you're waiting tables, you can't do right. that if you're, you know, if you're doing, Mm-hmm. physical physical labor and so that is just into the, the divide the economic divide between those two mm-hmm. income levels or those those two mm-hmm. types of work mm-hmm. it's tremendous and yeah, it's, it's, it's really i mean it will likely exacerbate the economic split in this country like that's 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 probably going to continue to worsen um yeah, like I think in, in, in many ways, things are going to continue to get more unraveled before they come back together. Mm-hmm. I think that's the Internet's legacy as the printing press. It, it, it decentralized, it disrupted, it broke mm-hmm. apart the power of the Catholic Church. And there was a lot of blood, like there was a lot of fighting over that. Um, there were cults that broke out. There's this incredible story about these Back then, they were the Anabaptists, and we still have Anabaptists now. They're who we call the Amish and the Mennonites. Huh. Um, okay. But then they broke away, and even Luther, I think, was a little bit leery of them. The guy who, you know, started yeah. it all. Um, but they, they, they overtook the city of Munster, Germany. And they had this, like, walled off. It was already walled city, I believe. And they yes. would fight men. They would... They would uh, then they isolated themselves and they became a cult and the leaders of it said, Oh, by the way, we get three wives. Oh, by the way, we get, you know, and they started to do what, 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 what cults do. Right. Eventually the King's men did break down and get into the city. And those guys were tortured and hung and in that city of Munster, you can still yeah. see the cases where they were. They I, were I do remember reading about that. Yeah. The point is, is, uh, the printing press and the reformation, the printing press helped the Reformation. It helped everything uh, become reformed in, in, in European power structures. And the internet is kind of helping that happen here. Yeah, but it's not, it's not a simple, it, it's not a clean process. It's a messy. The have and the have nots will worsen, I think, and we'll probably see more homelessness. People are gonna have to realize um, um, 
what they're going to have to do to get by. I think that might drive more people to cryptocurrency because mm -hmm. that's going to continue to be a better and better option as fiat um, money is more and more regulated. Uh, so I think it's all just, I think decentralization is slowly happening. I think it's inevitable here, um, especially in America. Maybe not so much in China, but yeah, America yeah. for sure. Although they already have their decentralized underground stuff anyway. Very underground as far, as far as it goes, or they did what they did yeah. when I was there. I don't know how how things are now. Yeah, I mean, ours, I need to let. So I'm going to need to let you go in just a couple of minutes. I just want to ask you one question, one more question. Um, getting back to the inner city and economic divide stuff, because yeah. you've done a lot of work with the homeless. I know you've done a lot of, um, you at least had done a lot of videos in, in the inner city. Sorry, my cat's walking in front of the camera here. No, sorry. That's going to help our way. <laughs> it, it is. Cats are always a win. Um, what would you recommend to someone, to people who are, are living outside of the inner city, but would like to do something to help, to help the people who are in this crappy, crappy situation right now that's, you know, that's just gotten worse. What are some of the things that you would recommend people do? Well, if, you know, if, if you're organizing some kind of uh, co-op for parents learning from home uh, of kids learning from home in, in, introduce it to nonprofit leaders uh, you know people who represent who can speak for who can connect to the inner city most of us don't have a connection to the inner city mm -hmm. um, so work with those who do and that's so my media is the periphery that's my YouTube channel Facebook page all that I'm starting the periphery foundation I've I've uh, uh, incorporated it this year and i've got a board and it's slowly coming up and that'll be one of its main avenues of effort is not necessarily doing the work in these areas themselves whether it's an inner city or a reservation or a, you know a trailer park somewhere but um working with organizations that do because people like ask the question that you just asked all the time mm -hmm. um and but you know until our organization gets more established i would say just work your network do a Google search, whatever, find or a brave browser search. Yeah. It's actually what nowadays. Um, and because that's the thing. If you use the brave browser, you earn, you earn. Um, oh, what's the name of it? Basic bat, B-A-T. You earn their cryptocurrency. And it's, it's, it's not a lot, obviously, but there's going to be more of those, more of those ways to just, be 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 compensated monetize our activity and so suddenly that server and i think more people are doing this and i know they are uh they're supplementing their their um maybe they're waiting tables but they're also they used to mine cryptocurrency when that was right really, yeah. but now they're you know i don't know there's there's various ways you can earn it well there's a there's a thousand ways to work from home but just by using the brave browser you earn basic attention tokens which alludes to uh, you know your attention advertising that kind of thing and then mm -hmm. they'll compensate you you know as part of that deal but go on your brave browser search do an internet search for nonprofits in your area and they're going to be more than happy to hear from you yeah, uh, yeah. i want to offer you this uh this curriculum or this this place or this idea for 
helping kids in the inner city with education. I mean, I almost guarantee that would be an immediate hit. The cat thinks so. Yeah, so, the cat's all over it. The cat's all over it. it, it you know, we're not in all these worlds that 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 are nonetheless so close to where we live, but they they are still just a um, uh, an internet search away. Yeah. So yeah. in some ways, we're more connected to them than ever, um, and 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 they are quite accessible, even if we don't have a direct relationship with anyone in them. Right. Right. So yeah. Um, and if people are interested in learning about my work, they can, you know, shoot me an email or whatever, Brandon at the periphery .com. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to put your email up in the links and uh, the, any links you give me, I'll give you, give them the periphery, your YouTube channel. And sure. can they find your documentary on the periphery? Or is there a separate link for that? Yeah, that'll be on the peripheries. Uh, the YouTube channel is called the periphery. So if you just look that up okay. on YouTube, you'll find it there. And it, it premieres Tuesday. It premieres next Tuesday, the 29th at 8 p.m. Central. So I think six o'clock your time. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we'll have you back on again. And um, I'm sure hopefully have okay. have more exciting things to talk about. More exciting in a positive way, hopefully. Not, not Progress. Just more craziness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There'll, there'll certainly be, be, be topics to discuss and hopefully progress to report. Yes. Yes. Thank you. All right. Bye.